On the last episode of Kava, Sammy Delatshahi shared about growing up in a home where he saw substance abuse and the overthrow of his country's government. He, his mother, and his brother spent every dollar to leave Iran and come to the United States. They didn't have a plan, and they didn't know the language. Sammy did, however, have one thing that makes all the difference. Faith. I really, really encourage you to realize God has a plan. And he'll give you what you want. That's my favorite saying. He'll give you what you want. He'll never give you when you want it and how you want it. But he'll give you what you want. Yeah. So you just got to be patient. Trusting in God's plan meant something very different for Sammy than it means for most of us. Join us to hear how Sammy started to chase his dream after he'd reached the light at the end of the tunnel. You might believe that, you know, everything happens for a reason. I believe there's a bigger plan in place now that I'm where I'm at. Welcome back to Kava. Welcome back to Kava the Podcast. I'm Kelly Archibald, and I want to thank you for tuning in. We live in a crazy world, so we made this podcast to shine some hope into your life. Our guests have lived through some incredible things, both good and bad, and they want to share their stories with you. Listeners like you make this podcast possible. If you've been inspired or encouraged by these stories, please consider supporting us on Patreon or contacting us about sponsorship opportunities. You can find more information about us at kavahpodcast.com. That's Q-A-V-A-H podcast.com. One of Sammy's very first communities here in America was a string of Applebee's restaurants in the Dallas Metroplex. Also, it was where he met his wife, who would become his strongest teammate as he chased his dream. Met my wife at Applebee's, Molly. Yeah, she was a bartender. So, so it's a lot of the stuff happened throughout the years. You look back at it now. Before you're like, oh, okay, well, this is what happened because it just happened. So good might believe that, you know, everything happens for a reason. Right. I believe there's a bigger plan right. in place now that I'm where I'm at. Right. Um, so back then it was just like, oh, wow, okay, this, this is what happened. Um, one Applebee's closed down. I had to transfer to another one because uh, the one in Plano closed down. So I had to transfer to Richardson. And I remember the GM at the Richardson at the moment wouldn't take anybody from Plano because he was one of those old school managers, I hire my own people, you're not gonna tell me who to bring on. And I was a corporate trainer, so they have that rule if you're a corporate trainer, they have to take you wherever you wanna go. That's one of the things that come with it. So I made sure I made a point of it. So I went over there and I met him, I said, well, he's like, no, I don't have any opening. I go, well, you can have an opening because I'm coming on. <laughs> so later on, he ended up being one of the best managers I ever had. We had one of the closest bonds. Wow. So he worked out well, but that's where I met Molly. Okay, so, oh, that's yeah. Yeah, so when I went to check the place up, so we met, and um, then for six months we got engaged, and then we got married. Oh wow! And then Cameron, my firstborn, was born. He was one year old at the time, and realized, you know, the whole uh, uh, apartment thing is getting old. You know, we gotta right. find a house, find a place to live. Right. So I remember Molly's like, "Oh, you gotta go to Rock Hall." So I saw this house, so I'm like, "Okay." So we come over here, we come across the lake. I remember I was like, oh, that's really homey feel. It's, it's a great community. And never worked here before, but it was Applebee's here, so I could transfer. Yes. The GM, I knew the GM real well, because I 
trained him like years ago when he started oh, wow. it. Wow. So uh, so we used to work together at a different location because I worked in different applicants. I helped out Louisville and different places. So I came in and I told him, hey, I want to work. And he's like, yeah, okay. So I worked both places, Richardson and here. I worked two jobs. And then at that point, um, Cameron had gastro things. So Molly couldn't work. So I had to work two jobs to make sure. So I worked two places day and night, wow. seven days a week for like a couple of years. Yeah, about 18 months. So wow. that way she could be with Cameron because right. we couldn't put Cameron in the daycare yet. Right. So then I became a bartender here, you know, and uh, bartended and, you know, packed that bar. With a sick son and a wife taking care of him at home, Sammy was slaving away every hour just to pay the bills. He loved his family and he loved his job but he couldn't help but dream of more. While he waited on God's timing, he learned a few secrets that would help him get to that dream one day. You know, I remember, you know, throughout the years, me and my customers, we always talk about it, it'd be cool to open your own place up. I was like, you know, that was always a dream. Right. You know, obviously we didn't have the means. So, um, left that place, went to Carabas, was there for about eight months or so, about until they sold the place. And then went to a place called Agave, Harbor. Yes. Worked there, bartender, managed that place for about four years. And then I worked for, uh, I remember, you know, the owner at that point is drunk all the time. So, you know, I remember every moment of life he learned what not to do. From my dad, I learned what kind of father I don't want to be. Wow. You know what I mean? So, but at the same time, I learned how to be hospitable. Right. You know what I mean? So a lot of right. people, they, you know, they take bad experiences and they, you can blame it on that and find yourself in a, you know, frenzy and go, oh, okay, I became a drug addict because my dad was a drug addict. I became an alcoholic because my dad was an alcoholic. I am who I am because my past, I was poor and I was brought up poor and, you know, you can make excuses for anything. So I learned, you know, to use those negative things in my life to how I don't want to be, but also find a positive in it. You know, my dad has the amount of, he's been still alive, so I'd say had, but has amount of, enormous amount of love mm-hmm. for his friends. So I got that from him, right, which is right. amazing because throughout the years, my friends is what supported me to get here. Wow. So, um, you know, he had the amount of, enormous amount of love for being loyal. You know, and he was a very loyal person, a very loyal friend. So to dad, he kind of sacrificed family. But at the same time, you can just take that one part. Right. And just realize, okay, I can, that was a good, so I can, right. you know, and then take the bad and realize why well, you don't want to be. Right. So when I came here, you know, like the two out the bosses I had, you know, the first guy, um, you know, Bob, which God bless his soul, he passed away, but he ended up being one of my best managers ever. He passed away, I probably hit me there. It's out of all the bosses I've ever had. So the thing was, I learned that I like that old school of managing. Mm, okay. You know, it's hardcore. You don't make a lot of friends. Okay. And you always get a bad reputation of being a probably bad boss to work for. But through it, you make some hardcore people that they stay with you for years. And they right. know how you are. They know how you like it. Because you pretty much eliminate slackers. Right. So that's how it works. And so throughout the years when, you know, we were at Agave, I realized what kind of boss I don't want to be. Right. I want to be that boss. To this day, I don't drink in my own bar. Mm-hmm. 
But no, no, I do drink when I'm off, but I don't drink in my home. Right. And that's because I don't want to be that drunk while I sit in the corner of the bar being drunk. You know what I want to see that. Sammy knew how he wanted to run things with excellence. Unfortunately, however, the owner of the bar where Sammy worked didn't see eye to eye with him. So anyway, what happened, I got, me and him didn't get along. And I got fired at the age of 40, uh, 54 now, eight years, 45. Oh, golly. Yeah, there's a good story there. I really, so you got 45, yeah. Sammy's faith was tested. After all his years of hard work, being fired was crushing. And on top of this, his family was about to be blindsided by a deep loss. My wife was pregnant about six months before that. Oh we lost goodness. the baby, unfortunately. Took a really hard toll on her. So she was going through all that. And, you know, so you try to be the strong person or whatever, but at the same right. time, took a lot of toll on me because we got to the point like three months, four months into the pregnancy. I don't even know if she wants me to share this, but anyway, um, three months, four months into the pregnancy, we realized they told us that, hey, baby might not make it. You need to make the call. Well, we're not going to make the call on that. It's not going to happen. It's because we believe in miracles. We believe in Jesus. We believe in our beliefs, and we're not going to make a call. So we just got to hope they're wrong. And so she lost the baby late in the pregnancy. So that happened in about January. And you have so, but you have one that's sickly. Is your is your Cameron still sick? No, 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 no. Okay, that was just okay. the first. Year. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. So good. Cameron's good. Yeah, he's good. Okay. That was just the very first. Year. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so we just couldn't leave him at a daycare because okay. he had to be watched. Okay. No, he's good after the first No, he's good. And then, so, you know, at that point, you know, we're about May or so, so we just had this happen. So we're going through, you know, that. And he came You're out. grieving. Well, yeah, she was. Yeah. She was. She took it very hard. And uh, it was very hard on her. So May of, I go in one day, I'll worked Friday night, not closed. And then Monday, one of the partners, you know, gave me a call and goes, hey, we need to talk. And got fired and I got let go. So, you know, came home. That was probably one of my lowest part of my life because you're over here. You've done this for close to 20 semi years, 30 years. Right. You've turned bars around, at least about four or five of them from nothing to, you know, like a guy that was the third highest liquor sales in Walpaw County. And when wow. I got it there, they had to borrow money to buy the, to buy the first liquor order. That's wow. how bad they were doing. So, so you keep turning them around, and then you just finally it's like, okay, when do I get my break? I remember every birthday I would have, you know, I make goals like ten goals. You know, people usually do New Year resolution. I do it on my birthday. It's like, okay, this year, this is what I want to accomplish, and that would be my goals. I feel like goals is I've always been that way. It's like when you said goals, you had the goals. This that's your year. Whatever that is, it doesn't have to be losing weight. That could be anything. Right, right. Um, so I remember number one in my goal, you know, get your own place. You got to get your own place. You got to find a way to get your own place. So when I left Applebee's, I had a chance of, you know, when I talked to a lot of investors, tried to, you know, get somebody. But restaurant business is probably the worst person trying to get people to invest in it. So uh, because of the ratio of uh, failure. Right. So every... Is every one every five restaurant takes its shuts down every day. So, so it's, it's not a good it's not a good investment. Right. Not a lot of people that want to do it. So that didn't work out. So I came out. I remember I was like in the worst place of my life. I was pretty deep down. I didn't know what to do. Sammy had a lot of thinking to do. At a time like this, when his world was falling apart, 
a lot of people would have thrown in the towel. But not Sammy. Instead, he chose to press in with bigger faith than he'd ever had before. It was time to bring his dream to life. I had, um, there was a area director at Applebee's that um, once again, another manager I worked with that started from bottom, whatever. Now he was like the head honcho. Wow. And uh, he gave me a call. He goes, hey, we can get you your own store. Oh, wow. You know, become a GM or whatever. But I didn't want to work for anybody else anymore. Right. I just, I told Molly, I was like, this is, this is the time I need to find to get my own place. I'm just not, I don't want to go through that rabbit hole again. And that's why I just appreciate his offer. I always had that. So I was like, I need time to go see if I can make this happen again. So called a few friends of mine that I worked with and said, hey, I'm thinking about getting my own place or whatever. If I do, would y'all come? And all these people that worked with me in the past are like, oh yeah, I'm game. So I had six or seven people that were like, oh yeah, I'll drop, you know, whatever I'm doing right now, we, we go get you, make your dream happen. So as soon as you have the place, let me know. So I'm like, okay. So I start going around and, you know, I remember friends of mine called me because they always called me, hey, let's go out, whatever. I was like, you know, so I, was, I, mean, I go work and go home. So I was like, okay, well, you don't have a job now, let's go out. And I was like, okay, so we go out with my friends, you know, just hang out, try to get my mind off of it because I was in a pretty bad place, pretty bad place mentally. And uh, so uh, I remember, you know, Molly's like, so what do you want? What would make you happy? And I said, I got to get my own place, but we're leaving paycheck to paycheck and with everything we've been through, right. I don't have time to have that to go find investors, right. try to find a place, try to get this, get my own place. So I remember we had like uh, 6000 dollars $6, in a saving for the kids throughout the years. So she went and closed those accounts, brought the money, and she goes, here you go. Deals are paid for a month and a half. Go find the place. Sammy's wife and his friends had caught his vision. Now that he had their support, he was on fire. So then I started going around. Man, I had me and his friends. They go over there, give him the spiel what I want to do. This place was up for sale. Oh, wow. The place was not doing any business, wasn't doing good. The guy had it up for sale for like over a year. Nobody wanted to buy it because, you know, they didn't have, they didn't have enough business. So it was just a bad investment to a lot of people. To me, I was hungry. I've been waiting for this for 35 years. I want my own place. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it's not. I'm ready right. to roll. So, and it was a matter of getting investors. So, I remember I had to pitch to everybody. I had the, the board of, you know, all of it. So everybody's like, no, because, you know, that place is done. Find a new place I'm in, or, you know, Sammy, you bartended. You know, there's a whole difference from running a restaurant. You know, you might've worked in the kitchen, but it's different when you work a restaurant and you run a restaurant, you can't do it. There's no way, this place, there's no way you gotta make it in there. You gotta pick a different place. I was like, no, I really feel like I can this and uh, so I had a customer that uh, was a friend of mine Kyle his wife was one of the bartenders that I called she's like oh yeah I'm there I'll help you out make it so this place wasn't happening I couldn't get any message so I remember calling Megan and going she had me on it with was she gonna say hey this place is not gonna happen I kind of something I forgot to tell you so when when I couldn't find his investors I remember Molly coming up to me saying hey Something gonna happen by the seventh. Okay. By the June seventh. Some 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 gonna happen. Because just just be patient. Some gonna happen. Like she's not. So call Mark Megan. 
tell her, hey, it's uh, not going to happen. We don't have the investors, so I'm just going to go take that job at Applebee's and be the GM or whatever. They need me to do, be a manager over there. And uh, I remember his, her husband in the background, which they met in the bar. We used to work together. Uh, right. she was, he was my customer. Oh, wow. And that's how they met. They got married. Oh, my God. So Kyle turned around and goes, what do you need? What are you trying to get? And I told him. Uh -huh. He goes, well, we got to be in town tomorrow. Is there a way we can go see this place? And I go, yeah, okay. He was a bar veteran. He worked for L3. And he just, you know, and um, he goes, well, he came in. We sat down. I didn't do this spiel for him. I remember just writing everything down on a piece of napkin. This is what we do. This is what we do. Because I didn't think it was serious. And I was like, yeah. this is what we do. He just want to be nice, you know. And he goes, okay. He goes, uh, let's go see the place. So we come see the place. There's like not a soul in here. It's like we moved our whole lunch. They had like maybe one table. And I'm like, it's, it's not helping my cause over here. Right, he doesn't right. see what I see. And uh, he called me back and he goes, hey. I have a saving that I saved over the thing. That's my nested. That's if something happened to me when I go overseas. So Megan and the kids can be okay and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, wow. I trust you. I believe in you. I think you can do this. I don't know nothing about restaurant business. So it's all you. Just don't mess it up. I'm like, okay, let's roll. So we did all that. I believe June 7th, 5 p.m., we signed. Oh, I, oh my goodness. And I remember, wow. got in the car, and all I asked her to go, how did you know? How did you know the date? Well, that was a due date of the baby. The years of waiting had seemed like lifetimes, but now Sammy had a place of his own. God had made it clear that the timing was his and his alone, and little did Sammy know that this humble little storefront was soon to become one of Rockwell's very favorite restaurants. They called it Sammy's Pizza Getty. I remember the first when I got here, you know, I packed the place up. I mean, I remember it's like the place went from nothing to just hopping because I always I knew the bar business would be good but nobody knew I could work the restaurant business. so all my years of when I was 16 17 18 19 you know, right. call culinary working in the restaurant cooking and all that kind of stuff that came that passion came back and right. I started creating the menu and all that kind of stuff and and um, and I remember at the beginning it was all about okay I worked my butt off 30 years I'm here right. I deserve it I work really hard to get here. And uh, I had a friend that had got the car wreck in July 4th. And I remember I feel, I can't explain the car wreck, but I felt the need to do something. And I can't remember, I've never done the fundraising, never done raise money, never done anything remotely close. And uh, I can't explain the feeling, but I remember I was like telling Molly, so we started doing a fundraising. Started a fundraising for him because he was, you know, he was in pretty bad shape in the hospital and all that. Try to raise money. So people were coming along, you know, just donating stuff. We just did a portion of the sales, we did shirts, we did sales. Like I remember that night 
when we're counting all the money and everything to give it to his wife the next day, uh, that's when it hit me what this place is all about. Mm. Just a mess. Because mm. I remember how I felt that day. I never felt so good mm-hmm. about doing something that I really was meant to do. That's that's what I want to do. That's that's what made me feel felt better than giving in this place. You know? wow. So I remember that night I realized, okay, so this is this is what this place success is all about. This is this why I'm here. So to use it to, you know, help the community, help the people in need, you know, where I feel the need to help. I don't help everybody, obviously I'm just a small place, but but there are times so throughout the years we start pumping that up. We start doing, you know, through the hurricanes, through the right. you know, tornadoes and right. you know. Sammy and Molly were having so much fun seeing what God was doing that they just couldn't stop giving back. So, you know, we started doing, Molly was doing the Christmas project back in the day when she was a teacher because she taught in the place of uh, uh, not very uh, uh, highly, it was in Garland, so it was, you know, I don't know what they call those kind of schools, but anyway, they call for lowers, yeah, social, yeah, so she would, she would sell donuts in the morning, pencils during the time off or whatever to raise money to get these kids for Christmas because they couldn't get a Christmas present. So we're like, Molly's like, well, you know, if this is the best song, that's what we're going to do. Let's start doing the Christmas Angel Project. Okay. So we're starting a Christmas Angel Project. We're in the community. They're going through hard times. And they can't have Christmas. But ours wasn't about, okay, let's get them. I didn't want a socks or anything. I want to just blow them away at Christmas. I want to get them things like, if things weren't bad, right? what would you get? Wow. So next thing you know, the community came together. And every Christmas, we... It's crazy. It's like there's some videos out there. It's like the entire room is full of presents. And wow. Yeah. So that's one of our biggest projects we do. And then, you know, just, you know, a lot, a lot of the stuff, those are the, probably the, you know, you talk about memories, like what's the first thing you remember, what's the good memories that I remember about this place. It's not about PTGiddies or Sammy's PTGiddies success as far as sales and how good we're doing right. or that kind of stuff. It's about what have we done in the community. Sammy's dream just kept on multiplying. As the years went by, he and Molly got to build a life for their kids that Sammy had never had. It didn't matter that they'd spent all their life savings on the restaurant. They trusted God, and he was faithful to provide every time. Cameron was born, and then Connor was born. Chloe was the latest one, but, you know, they never came in a most greatest time financially for me. So, you know, once they came, then my job was to provide, to make sure that they have the opportunities that I didn't have. You know, to me, always going back to it, I'm like, I know I could have done something in soccer. But then again, if it wasn't for what I went through or how I got here, there wouldn't be no Cameron, Molly, and Carter, and Chloe. So. Can't knock that. So that's right. a blessing on its own. So Absolutely. that's why a lot of people, you know, when they go through hard times, I tell them, I was like, you know, go through it as much as you kick in the screen. Six months later, eight months later, you're going to look back. It's years later, you're going to look back and realize if it wasn't for that bad thing that happened to you, you wouldn't be where you're at today. Right. And um, so what got me through was, you know, I, you know, once I got this place, I've been working 120 hours a week ever since. So, 
I go in, I go in late. I go because it was time to put up, time to show that hey, yes, this place was horrible when I took it over, but now yeah. look at it. I yeah. did this. You know, it's like, you know, if you got if you got the determination yeah. and the passion for whatever it is that you do. And that's what I tell my kids, you know, my, my oldest son played basketball, you know, through high school or whatever, went to college, played one year. It's like, you know, he was the same thing. He was the shortest kid in the thing. Nobody gave him a shot. I remember seventh grade, he came out and he told me, and said, hey, I don't want to play basketball anymore. I go, what do you mean? He goes, you know, they don't pick whatever. It's like, you know, you don't have the six foot tall that other kids have. So you have to make up for it in the work. When work ethic's got to have to change. So you're going to have to work twice as hard. That's where my life came, you know? Right. I came from nothing, so I had to work twice as hard. So your kids um, lived a very different life than you did. I made sure of it. Yeah. Do they have any idea how good they have it? That's why we're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't. I don't talk about past that much. Right. That's why I was, was kind of out of anxiety when you sent me this, you know, thing and goes, okay, because this is probably one of the first interviews that I've done that has nothing to do with the restaurant. Mm. Before that, it was just me and my friends, and when he was having was anyway, so it's all good. But um, never talked about my past. So I remember when he asked me, "Which one of your first memories?" And I'm like, "I have good ones and I got bad ones. Which one you're picking?" So I don't want to talk about the bad ones, but at the same time, it's good to know. You know, I listened to a lot of your series, and the other one I told you last time, I kind of listened to a couple of them. It's like to me, this is about doing this is about two things. Number one, there's something there where tell my story because nobody ever asked nobody ever know and then second would be there's somebody out there that is probably going through the same thing you know it's probably going through hard times got here never picked to succeed and maybe they listen to this and they realize hey there's a god out there that actually think that Now, of course, Sammy's story is far from over. In fact, he was recently forced to cling tight to that same faith that got him to his dream. The COVID-19 pandemic was not exactly kind to the restaurant business, and Sammy's Pizzaghetti was no exception. So your shirt says faith over fear. Yes. And what what does that mean? Well, I didn't know what it meant until about eight months ago. Okay. You know, I thought I did. Okay. I thought I did. I, um, you know, I've always been, you know, like I said, through the community project work it's just if I felt the calling I did it and I really really I like to think I got a really really close relationship with my creator you know like I feel like when he needs me I feel the calling and mm-hmm. usually I haven't been wrong so usually I'll move on it have I got burned before yeah of course uh, right that's, that's human it happens but I I usually give for the sake of giving mm-hmm. not who do I give it to and what they do with it I'm not right with that. right so my 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 thought process on that is totally different. But when the pandemic happened, yeah. you know, I remember it was horrible. It was, uh, it was, you know, to go is 10% of my business. 90% of my business just shut, shut down. Yes. I have 52 employees. Oh. Yeah, close to $30,000 every two weeks in payroll. And I have to do this through 10% of my business, which is impossible. So I remember, you know, thinking, what are you gonna do? Because at one point you're gonna have to figure out, okay, we gotta shut it down. We gotta shut it down and just come back in a couple of months. And, but 
nobody knew when he goes away, what's going on. The, right. The uncertainty was horrible. Yeah. But main part was I had employees in here that they didn't qualify for all everything was everybody was getting. For me it would have been easy. It would have just call me a couple of months of rent. I probably could have worked that out in some kind of form and fashion. And uh, and just go home and then come back. And um, but you know I remember telling Molly, I'm like, you know, we have 20 semi employees that their families depend on us, you know. And never mind the fact that everything I worked for for 35 years, I'm about to lose everything. Everything hard to get here, what it took to get here. Right. So, you know, I remember saying, okay, you just got to give it to God. Mm-hmm. You just got to do everything you can in your power. That's what I've all done in my life. I mean, I do. I can only work as hard as I can. I can right, only work as right. so many hours I can. But if right. I give it all, then there's no regret. And that's what I tell my kids all the time. It's like whatever you do in life, I don't care if it's tennis, basketball, you know, whatever degree you gotta go, whatever you're gonna do, just give it all when there's no regrets. Right. Because regret is probably one of the worst emotions you could ever deal with. Mm-hmm. I don't care what it is, more than grief, more than anything. Regrets is the worst. When you look back and you go, I wish, mm-hmm. I wonder. What if? And uh, so I'm like, I told Molly at that point, I was like, you know what? I just got to make this happen. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know how am I going to pay the payroll. I don't know how I'm going to pay my vendors. I don't know how you're going to put 10% of business. Doing 10% of your business, I told somebody the other day, it's like, it's kind of like putting a five gallon water through a straw. Mm-hmm. Try to do all your business through your to go only. So I realized, okay, I got to get innovative start doing videos, start doing whatever. I want to do everything I can in my power. So when they do shut down, I'm going to say, hey, I give it all. I fought for my people. Right, right. For my employees. And they fought along with me. It's not about me. I just want to make sure, make this clear, because it took 30, 35 of them. They, they, they worked. They, they knew what it took. They worked seven days a week. They worked day and night. Because wow. half of your staff just leaves because they worry about their families. They worry about health and yeah. I mean, let's be honest, right. they're getting paid sitting at home and they're making more sitting at home than they would have been working. So, yeah. you know, that comes to it. And yeah. so all of a sudden, not that you know, you know, you're about to shut down. You have no bar business, which that's, right. you know, 40, right. 40% of your business. And then all of a sudden, all you have is to go and half of the staff. And I remember I didn't have any delivery drivers, so I had to tell my sons, Cameron's friends, all college kids that are right, back. I'll right. call their parents and I'm like, hey, because we've been friends for years. I was like, hey, are you afraid of COVID? I mean, can your sons help me out? I go, oh yeah, get them out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember looking back, I have a picture in my office. It's like, you know, it's all these kids that, you know, I used to be their coach back in our seventh right. grade in basketball now that are helping me out to save yes. my livelihood yes. and to save, you know, I'm forever I'm grateful. And, uh, you know, so they start working here and it was all my family. We all come in today and I wasn't the best person to be around to me because I was so stressed out at the same time. I remember at one point I realized, okay, so what has got us here? You know, Mm -hmm. doing community work, doing project, giving back, doing God's work. Mm -hmm. And that to me was important because that's what made my heart warm. That's all I can say. It's like the minute you do that, then you forget about everything. So Molly's like, we need to do something. We need to we need to start getting back into with how how do we pay for this how do we do this like, I don't know 
just, we just gotta do it. I don't, right. I don't know how. We just gotta, and that's when I realized what faith over fear was. Mm-hmm. Because at that point, the fear has taken over, mm-hmm. and you can't think straight. Right. And if you just give it to God and realize, and I know it sounds cliche, I really do, but it works. Once Sammy put faith over fear, he began to see even this as an opportunity. One of the story is, Molly's like, okay, we gotta start heading because the elderlies, they were cooped up. They couldn't see their family members, they couldn't see whatever, all the seniors is in places. You know, we're like, we gotta start serving food there, make him feel loved, make him feel like, well, mm-hmm. you know, she was talking about, uh, at that point, the uh, Meals on Wheels was stopped because of the pandemic. So he's like, what about the Meals on Wheels? It's like, you're talking about hundreds of pizzas and things like that. Well, how are we gonna afford it? And I'm like, she's like, well, we, that's, you know, we're at our best. When we give, mm. and that's that's when we do our best. Yeah, you know, our even in, in our business, you know, we're when we're doing our most community work, when we're doing our most give, that's when we do most sales. And I don't do anything differently. Wow. It's just that's how it works. Right. So I remember the guy called me eight o'clock at night. We had that conversation at five. This guy called me in the middle of dinner. Is this Sammy? Because yeah, he goes, well, I want to buy like. 100 pizzas. And I'm like, bro, stop messing with me. It's like, I don't have time for jokes. He goes, no, no, no. How many do you have time to talk? My name is Sean. I'm like, okay, I'll call you afterwards. So I call him back and I go, hey, man. He goes, here's my credit card number, whatever. He goes, I want to help out your cause. I like the faith over fear. I like the projects you're doing. And I want to help. This is 5 o'clock. We had that conversation up in the elderly. 8 o'clock, I get that call. So you can't make this up. It can't be a coincidence. I never met the guy. Don't know the guy. He never seen my videos. Never met me before. So, yeah. So, 8 o'clock, I call him and I said, okay, well, I have an idea. What do you think about this? He goes, I'm in. So, so the next day, you know, he paid, I paid for half, whatever. And together, me and him were able to serve elderly citizens all week. I'm talking about over thousands of people. It's just crazy. That's, wow. And That's awesome. Yeah, so we had a, a neighbor of mine. He does all my t-shirts and everything. He owns a, a company. And um, he came up to me and said, hey, I'm in Halt. Uh, he does sports uniforms. Right. He had no business. Oh, There's no God. sports was being played. So he goes, I'm in Halt. I'm in need of help. So if you need anything at all, you let me know. Because I'm, and I'm like, okay. So I told Molly, I was like, I want to start making these uniforms. I can't imagine living without it. So why don't we just get these? Because she's how am I gonna pay for it? I thought we'll figure it out. So we start bringing the shirts in. We start selling the shirts, yard signs. We got a friend of ours that did a yard sign business, and she needed some help as well. So we didn't make any money out of it. Whatever yeah. we sold, right. we gave it to them. Right. So then he came back and he goes, "Hey, you gotta keep a couple of dollars out of these shirts. So use it to the project. Use it for that." Oh yeah. So we start helping out the COVID families. We start doing. Things, yeah. fun liners, sending out pizzas to nurses. And I'm telling you, during those two, three weeks, we start giving back and we start mm-hmm. doing God's work. I couldn't tell you how I pay my payroll. I can't tell you. We just, you know, we start doing good. We start, you know, increasing that 10% of the business to 70%. So we weren't making any money, but we kept the light on. You know, wow. and I remember we didn't 
because it started March, so April, May, June, yeah. By June, I remember sitting there here. I was all by myself, I remember thinking, that's what faith over fear is. Mm. You know, that's what, giving it all. I've never have done that. I never have actually gave it all, not knowing what tomorrow brings. Right, right. And still doing God. I mean, I remember we served uh, uh, Lake Point, uh-huh. drive-through, they had a drive-through. Uh-huh. So I called the pastor, good friend of mine. Brad, I called him and I said, hey, I want to serve food there. Because you sure? It's a lot of people. I said, hey, I know. So what do you got? He goes, I have about I don't know, 70 to 100 cars come through. Because I got families. And I said, that's fine. I'm in. Well, somebody gave, we didn't tell anybody. Because we didn't, you know. Right. Somebody ended up sending an email from school. Because these were the families that they get food through school. So they do oh, a drive-through. Right. And Lake okay. Point. Yes. Yes. Provides meal boxes. Right. You know, boxes of uh, help. You know, it's great, great church. And uh, so somebody told them. So that day they had the record cars coming through because pizza were given away for dinner that night. Oh, wow. So I remember we're like cooked over, and I can't even remember, 200, 300. I can't, I can't remember how many. So the pizzas were keep coming and we keep giving it to the families. But it was the greatest feeling. Wow. Chloe, my six year old, was able to help. Oh. You know, and those are the things like, you know, we did, um, when a riots happened, looting happened in Dallas, uh-huh. I remember um, there was a lot of uh, frontliners, officers, mm-hmm. that they were here, they were over there trying to stop the looting and all, whatever. And it was a Friday night, mm-hmm. and I think we cooked over 100 some pizzas and sent them down there. So the things that, you know, to me, that's what faith over fear is. Yeah. Because yeah. I have no idea. People tell me, how are you able to doubt? I have no idea. Right. I just... Right. I just watched his work. Yes. I just watched his work. Hebrews 11.1 1 defines faith as confidence in what we hope for and assurance of what we do not see. Living by faith is the opposite of living by sight. And Sammy's faith completely transformed his community. In 2020, Sammy Dilatshahi was named the winner of the Rockwell Chamber of Commerce Excellence in Community Involvement Award. That's a sweet spot to be in. Yeah. Yeah. It's... And it continues. Yeah, and, and that's a lot of people that are like, hey, you know, it's, and people always say, you know, thank you. It's like, hey, it's all these, it's all in his name. Wow. But I have the pleasure of getting to watch it. That's and awesome. to watch his work, yeah. Awesome. So probably a lot of my success has a lot to do with not me personally or how I run a restaurant or how hard I work. It's, that's why it's not hard to, you know, you ask me what time I get here, what time I go home. <laughs> you know, it's, my purpose is obviously is my kids. So I want to make sure, you know, because of my choices earlier in life, you know, or situations I was in life. Wow. I don't have any 401k plan. So this is is their their future. This is it. Yeah. So once I got here, I realized, okay, it took me 35 years to get here. Yeah. Against all odds. I was told I'd never make it. Even when I got here, people were like, you're not going to make that place go. So to me, it's all about proving people, you know, proving that, yes, just fine. You know, yeah. If you work for it hard enough, you know, it's time to step up. Yeah. So for my kids, for my family, for 52 employees. Yes. So that's what gives me up. Yes. And so now, are you at 50% capacity? We're at 75% capacity. 75. Still things are the same. The yeah. society is absolutely divided. You know, right. big time. But um, to me, with us, it never, it's never about politics. Right. Because all my customers, they're all friends. Right. 
why I don't worry about when a competition opens up. People always tell me, you know, mellow mushroom, and I'm like, what are you going to do? It's like nothing. Like, right. Because to us, it's about the support we get, it's about friendship. Right. Our whole life is about friendship, yeah. loyalty, yeah. you know. Um, and I don't worry about, especially after the last eight months, I don't worry about future. I worry about. God's will is God's will is. Wow. However, I do know I have to stay grounded to, you know, his calling. To me, that's that's the key because between me, Molly, and I, it's, that's what warms our heart. You know, yeah. when I see a post, somebody posted, oh, they're in the hospital, I'll send them food. And to me, that makes my day. Yeah. When I call out, I know when somebody's birthday, and I go, hey, you know, how old is your boy, how old is your kid? Yeah, I'm sending them this time. You know what I mean? So how it makes them feel, yeah. it's, to me, that's that's all I'm just thinking. Wow. You know, I, I, that's the least I can do wow. for what he's done for me. Wow. Well, I will say we have, your restaurant has been such a, a wonderful spot for our family, for so many meals and conversations. And there was a period of time where our electricity would go out all the time, right? So we ate dinner here like one whole summer because for some reason at dinner, we never had electricity. So it has been a wonderful spot for our family. Um, Great food. We love it. Um, We're so grateful for all that you've done for our community. Uh, You've done so much. I just told you. It wasn't me. Oh, well. As a vessel. Yes. I got to watch his work. Yes, yes. So we He provides and I spend it. <laughs> oh, that that should be your t shirt. <laughs> he provides and I spend it. There you go. That's yes. perfect. But thank you so much. Um, um do you have you. anything else that you would like to share? No, just uh, you know, I think for whoever listens to this, mm-hmm. if you ever come from a broken house come from hardship, feel like, you know, you're in the dead end, that's where I was. You feel like, okay, every year I write the same goal, I'm never going to get there. When is it going to be my turn? You feel like the life is not fair. Yeah. doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be work. It could be relationship. It could be, you know, you've gone through different relationships and you feel like you can't find the right person and all that kind of stuff. I really, really encourage you to realize God has a plan. Give you what you want. That's my favorite saying. We'll give you what you want. He'll never give you when you want it and how you want it. But he'll give you what you want. Yeah. That's good so you just got to be patient. Yes. Oh, and that's so hard because we, we like things fast. Yeah. We want it in our, we want in our, in our turn. Right. His job is to tell us it's not in your turn. It's in his right. Time. Right. I learned that. I learned that in our, well, I mean, not in our way, but I learned that. I remember, yeah, years, 35 years. It's a long time. But you know what? Looking back at it now, all those times where I had the opportunity, I wasn't ready. Right. I don't think I would have been successful because mm-hmm. I didn't get it. You know what I mean? I didn't get it. How I got here, the day we got here, how it happened, you can't make that up. No, the timing. Coincidence. There's only so much you can live on coincidence. Right. At one point, you got to realize he's in charge. Absolutely. 
Thank you for taking the time. I feel honored. Thanks again for listening to Kava the podcast. It's our joy to share these stories of hope in a confusing world. To keep up with our guests and adventures in podcasting, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We would also love it if you gave us a review on whatever podcasting platform you use. It helps us continue to share hope around the world. We are so grateful for our listeners who financially support Kava the podcast. If you would like to become a supporter, please consider donating via Patreon or contacting us about sponsorship opportunities. You can find more information at kavahpodcast.com. That's Q-A-V-A-H podcast.com. I would like to thank my head writer, Rebecca Gray, and audio engineer, Meredith Douglas. I could not do this without you. You make this happen, and I can't express my gratitude. Maybe you've been listening because you found yourself in a desperate place. We want you to know that all is not lost. It is our desire that you would be able to borrow hope from those who've gone before you, those who've waited to find a positive outcome. Please be sure and connect with us via our website or social media. Until next time, take care of yourselves and each other.